Jeannie Patel Thompson, international best-selling author, health product formulator, horse listener, earth singer, mother, medicine woman, elephant acolyte, and regenerative farmer. This is the Jeannie Podcast. All right, today's podcast is by request from one of my viewers, readers, listeners, and she wanted me to do an entire podcast on the topic of children with chronic or severe illness. And she's probably read some of my blog posts or perhaps my ebook on childhood illness and the family dynamic. Um, I also reference the work of Dr. Gabor Mate, and I've done a teleseminar with him way back when, must be like 17 years ago, back when they were called teleseminars and not podcasts. So this is a topic I've been involved with for quite a while, and she wanted to get more of an in-depth presentation of my views on what is happening when your child has a chronic or serious illness. And so from my perspective, which is the only perspective I'm going to speak from, I'm going to speak from my own personal experience, things that people have shared with me, things that I have witnessed. I actually tried to find an expert to bring on this podcast so we could have more of a dialogue, but um, many people are reluctant to talk about this topic. And I think it's because children can be very triggering for adults and understandably so. And so first of all, know that I have had three children. They are older now, 17, 21, and 23. Uh, But I have certainly had my struggles with them over the years. And so I also speak from the perspective of someone who's got some skin in the game. So when I look from my experience and my perspective at what's happening with a child that has chronic or serious illness, I look at four different feeder routes or possible causation routes. And sometimes many of these are going to be present. I'm going to share my own story uh, with you. I first had an episode when I was 12, and then I was officially diagnosed with widespread Crohn's disease when I was 16 or just turned 17, right in there. So I was still technically a child when I had a chronic, supposedly incurable illness. And I'm going to tell you my story at the end so you can see how these four different feeder roots play into my pathology. All right, so the I'll give you the outline first. These are what I have witnessed and experienced as the causes, feeder roots, aspects within the paradigm of a child with chronic illness. Number one is there can be a mirror dynamic happening of either the entire family or a specific caregiver. More on that later. It can be due to karmic contracts or people also call these soul agreements. Number three, it can be due to past life trauma that the child has come in with and it needs healing at that place. And so as you might notice, we're getting more metaphysical as we go along. And number four is it could be part of the soul's chosen path of character development and be something that is important for the soul to experience for its own purposes. All right, so let's talk about number one, feeder root, possible causality, where the child is actually mirroring a dynamic, an unhealthy dynamic in the family, or something unhealthy, which means it needs healing and resolution 
in the caregiver. So here's another caveat for this whole topic. I want you to super, super lock this in. There is no judgment, blame, or shame happening here. So I'm going to tell you stories where I'm going to highlight what went wrong, not for the purpose of judging, shaming, or blaming. It is this entire conversation is for one purpose only, and that is illumination and moving further down the pathway to healing and resolution. And that is the only space I hold. So if you feel yourself getting triggered, how dare she say that? I can't believe she's saying that. I really invite you to sit with the discomfort and remember, no, no, that's not why Jeannie is doing this. Jeannie is doing this because she's going to bring me out to the place of healing and resolution, which is the purpose. Okay. So in the instances where the child is mirroring either an unhealthy family dynamic or some kind of um, dis-ease, imbalance, or uh, trauma within its primary caregiver, I'm going to give you a couple of examples to make this clear. And also, those of you who have animals... This is a phenomenon that happens with your pets as well. Your dog or your cat will mirror back to you what is wrong with your body, your life, what's happening in the business of your soul that needs to be looked at and healed. Again, it is a mirror. And often, sadly, with pets, they will take on, and children do this too, they will take on the trauma of the caregiver into their own body and try to, as they, they, they have this belief that they're helping you. And it's, it's motivated by the best of intentions, but it doesn't work for anybody. So let me give you an example. Um, there was a little boy that I knew, and he had severe colitis. And it was so severe that the mother had to sleep in the same bedroom with him and be up multiple times a night and... The mother had, she quit her job. Um, I think she was just working part-time at the time, but she had to quit her job and go full-time into caring for this boy. Their whole life was taken up and they were doing the medical route. So, you know, there was endless trauma from exploratory procedures and surgeries and hospital visits and blah, blah, blah. Now, here's what else was happening. At the time the child became ill, the mother and father were in a very precarious place in their own marriage. And one could surmise that they were headed for divorce. It was quite serious. By the child becoming sick, right? And you have to look at it from this perspective. How does this serve? How does this help the family or the primary caregiver? In, and none of this is conscious. You don't have a little child consciously going, mommy and daddy are getting divorced. I'd better get really sick and that will take the tension away from them and take the focus off them and put it on me and we'll be able to stay together as a family. I'm, I'm not saying that happens. This is entirely subconscious, all right? And many of the things we're going to be talking about happen at the soul level, which is also not in most people's conscious awareness. So what this child did, he provided a service to the whole family because he had other siblings as well whose lives would have been torn apart by a divorce. And 
mom actually no longer had to sleep with dad. So that took care of a huge point that was escalating in the marriage. She's now sleeping with the son and all of her energy and attention is focused on keeping this child alive. And so is the father's. So their interpersonal struggles and pain are literally forgotten. Like they are just pushed completely to the side and all the focus went on to the child and what he needed and caring for him and talking about him and discussing him. And this went on for years and years. And guess what? The parents got through the rough patch. (laughs) And, you know, many decades later, they are still together. And one could argue that 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 son provided a very vital service for the parents in a time of crisis. All right. That's just one example. Not saying it relates to anybody who's listening to this. I'm just providing these examples to give you a perspective. Another one is, uh, I remember this story, a friend of mine who was a doctor told me this story and he was um, doing his gastroenterology rotation at the hospital And he said, and by the way, just so you guys know, doctors dread being on the GI ward at the hospital because from the doctor's perspective, these are the most negative, whiny, complainer, difficult patients that they have in the entire hospital. And okay, first of all, we're not just talking about, oh, that's their personality. We're talking about if you have Crohn's or colitis, what that does to you as a human being, it makes you incredibly irritable. It makes you incredibly skeptical. It makes you incredibly critical and disappointed because you've tried so many things and nothing's worked. And the level of suffering is off the charts and continues to be off the charts. So again, there's no blaming or judgment here. It just is what it is. So anyway, this friend of mine is doing his GI uh, ward rotation. And he said there was this mother in there, again with a son. And He said he had never seen a woman so harsh with her child. Like everything was, okay, do this. Okay, take these pills and blah, 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 blah. And the child was just, okay, okay, okay. And he said it was just not this loving, nurturing relationship. And then one day, because he knew me, he decided to teach her colonic massage And of course, part of colonic massage, if you're doing that for someone else, is you pause at the beginning and you ask the body for permission to do the massage, right? So you energetically, you're not just doing something to someone else's body, you energetically ask for permission first, pause, and then you go ahead and you start. And guess what? By asking for permission, that automatically makes you be quite a bit gentler and um, proceed a bit more slowly and give the tissue time to adjust and give way before you just get in there and start grinding and pounding away, right? Completely different energy. So he taught this mother how to do colonic massage. And he said, as he watched her practice it, he was struck by the fact that this may be the only time she had touched this child with tenderness and, and have her physical expression be that of nurturing and permission. And, you know, and again, no judgment on this woman. How stressed is she? You have a child in this position. It's almost more stressful than having the disease yourself. So really no judgment. Um, but that was striking to him, even observing. So 
what's happening in that relationship, what's being brought out, what's being triggered, what is the child's condition holding a mirror up to for the mother. Okay, third story. I knew a girl and she started with IBS, again, fairly young, um, certainly preteen. And then as it went on, it gradually progressed and got worse and worse and some bleeding came in and to the point now as a um, young adult, she is has been classed as permanently disabled on anti-anxiety, antidepressants, anti, like everything is messed up, including her gut. But this child's mother was a walking trauma body. She had so much unresolved pain and trauma that she was carrying and holding and of course expressing through her own body and through her relationship with her children. Because if we don't heal our own pain and wounds, it will come out in our relationship with our children and our animals and our significant other and the way we make money and every other way that we move through life. So again, if you have a child with a um, acute or serious or chronic illness, you have to simultaneously with as much focus and urgency, start looking at your own imbalance. Just because yours maybe hasn't come through to the physical body in quite so serious a way, although for many people it has, but they just are medicating it away or dealing with it in other ways. Um, it's still there. So as the parent, I would strongly encourage you to book at least one appointment every two weeks to go into your own pain body, your own trauma. And again, for anyone, including your child, the best therapies are the ones that integrate the mind, body, and soul together. So we're talking about somatic experiencing, hypnotherapy, craniosacral at level two or higher, and acupressure tapping. So that's EFT or my own program, laser tapping. So, and again, I make my program available, a free session with me at lasertapping.com, laser spelt with a Z, and head on over there, try a session, see your mind body will tell you immediately how it feels about it. And then you don't have to spend any money, you just try it out and see how it goes. All right, so that is where the child is mirroring back to the family dynamic as a whole or to the individual caretaker. So take a look at that feed a root in your own situation. Number two, something we call karmic contracts or soul agreements. So this will be an example of where you have a very difficult or challenging situation that could be chronic illness or it could be um, anything that causes a lot of trauma or pain. And this is actually an agreement between the your two souls to have this experience. And the reasons for that agreement can be incredibly diverse and varied. You know, the agreement could be, okay, we're going to go through this because if I play this role, you're going to be finally forced to deal with this thing that you've avoided for your last five incarnations and, you're t and you really want to lean in, you really want to get this done. Or it could be that you and I have had a past life or a number of past lives together 
where this dynamic, very unhealthy, very harmful dynamic has existed between us. And so we're going to incarnate in this situation that's going to put us smack dab up against each other. And we both have to walk this path of healing because we have got to get this cleared. All right. Those are just a couple of examples. It's pretty hard for someone to look at their own soul agreements. Um, So in that case, it might be good to book with, if you feel drawn to that, you can, um, I was going to say you could use Oracle cards or like medicine cards, but again, that would be pretty difficult to be able to get specific with them. What I would do is book with someone, um, a woman I know who's really good is Ginny Jablonski, and she specializes in unfinished business of the soul. So she's not, you know, a psychic or whatever, who's just going to tell you about everything. No, no, she looks specifically at soul agreements. And I have done a podcast with her on soul agreements. Ah, so there you go. That's a place to start. Go listen to my podcasts on soul agreements and start there because as you're listening, something might come into your conscious mind or you might be guided to journal afterwards. And as you're writing your thoughts down or maybe drawing, some information is going to come through that's particular for you. But if not, know that you can always book a session with her and uh, she is very high integrity. I I recommend her. So I'll put her website link um, in the show notes. All right, number three, your child could have a past life trauma that is showing up in this lifetime because it's like a signpost to what needs healing. So the origin of what your child is experiencing does not even exist in this incarnation. (laughs) It's coming from other lifetimes and it's just being evidenced in this incarnation. And, you know, I have a personal experience with that, um, with my own children. Uh, one of my children in particular, uh, we did, oh, two years of my laser tapping technique every, I would say three times a week for two years, all on past life stuff. He just came in with so much trauma from other lifetimes that had never been addressed and never been dealt with. So again, that's something that you might need some help with either a hypnotherapist who specializes in past life regression, or sometimes if you have a good meditative practice, you would be able to go into that in your own meditation. And then number four, sometimes a pathway of illness or suffering is part of the soul's chosen path of character development. (laughs) And not just character. I mean, you develop all kinds of capacities and traits and um, skills when faced with something serious like a chronic illness. And that could have been something that your child's soul specifically chose because they need it for their own growth and development to then do something else that they have chosen in this lifetime, probably when they're an adult or maybe, you know, early adulthood. And so the childhood illness prepares them for that. It gives them the tools that they need. Perhaps it gives them, it. they have a, um, a character flaw that's, you know, 
trip them up again and again, and they want to get that dealt with, they want to switch it. Maybe they always default to victim. And they're like, no, no, this life, I need to get out of victim and I need to become resilient. I need to develop resiliency or I'm never going to be and do what I want to accomplish in this lifetime. And so again, if you can discern that, if you can get some information on that, that can be really helpful. And if your child is young enough, you might even, you know, probably I'm going to say four or younger especially if you have created space for spiritual and telepathic or psychic abilities in your home. These are, these are conversations that you might be able to have with your child, you know, and I found with my children often at nighttime, we're lying in bed together and they're in that really relaxed state, which is an actual brainwave state. And that would be where we could have conversations about, you know, do you, do you ever remember um, something that happened in another lifetime that you still don't feel good about? Or um, it's, it's hard for me to come up with questions now because when you're in that state together, you'll feel for the question that will open the doorway. And then your child might be able to tell you a story. And then the key is not to say or state anything, but just keep asking completely open-ended questions that allow the child to say whatever they want. And even if it sounds ridiculous and absurd, you just keep asking another open-ended question because maybe the child is going to monkey around for a bit and then they're going to actually drop into the space where they can connect with their soul and give you a better answer. And you have to create some time and space for that. Or again, you can, um, do it through your own meditative practice or book with a therapist who you have used yourself. So here's another thing for kids. If you're going to take your child for a healing session, do not take them to a practitioner that you have not had at least, I would say, three sessions with yourself. Because the amount of damage that someone can do if they're not... um, of the level of skill or integrity that's needed. They may be well-meaning, but if they don't have the skill level or integrity needed, you don't want them causing further damage to your child. You want that to happen on your in your session where you can clock it and go, oh, this person is running some weird stuff here. I'm not coming back. So that's something that I've done with all of my children. There is not a doctor or a therapist or anyone that I've taken my children to that I have not extensively experienced myself first. And that's, I believe, part of our job as the caregiver and the protector. So I'm going to end. I hope, again, take a deep breath if you're feeling triggered. Your mind may be whirling. Um, It's all okay. Take a deep breath. Drop your energy into the ground. Place your hand over your heart. Send yourself some love and compassion This is all being done in the spirit and the energy of nothing but love and compassion. And now I am going to tell you, you can leave your hand on your heart if you like while I talk. I'm going to tell you my own story of being a child with a chronic, supposedly incurable illness and how all of these feeder roots uh, played into and were present in my story. So... I um, came into a family 
where my father was physically and emotionally verbally abusive. But I mean, for us as kids, we didn't care so much about about the 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 verbal and the emotional when the physical was just so um the physical was the the big thing that we were really unhappy about as kids and he came from uh generations of beating your kids and your wife and so you know thankfully he beat us less than his father beat him but it was still pretty harsh and when I got to a certain so first of all both my older brother and I developed Crohn's disease. And now, and I'm not even touching on the physical causations, okay? I was triple vaccinated because every time I moved to a country, I got the full vaccines. We were treated relentlessly with antibiotics because my dad's a doctor, my uncle's a pharmacist, just could go down to his drugstore and get them. Like we had serious physical reasons. We, we ate tons of processed food because our mom knew nothing about nutrition, But, and my husband has said this to me, he said, I don't, without the emotional component, I don't think he would have gotten Crohn's. And I was like, I 100% agree. So now we're into a soul agreement. I had to have that level of stress and abuse to manifest Crohn's in my body, which is, has incredibly strong life force energy. All right. So first of all, that whole aspect is coming in. What is my karmic contract or my soul agreement with my father and then to a lesser degree, my mother? And this took me until my 20s to figure out and it, and I did not want to go to this place. And it came to a head when I had been completely symptom-free, like totally healed and healthy for over a year, like nothing nothing. And my husband, and I drove out and met my mom and dad for lunch. And I walked into the restaurant. I looked in my father's eyes and I saw some huge blackness in his eye. And it, and my insides went, oh shit. And we sat down and we ordered. And then I had to get up and go to the toilet. And I sat down on the toilet and blood poured out of my colon. And I was like, oh man, this is, this is a hundred percent signposting to my dad. Like what has gone on between us? What is going on between us? So I came back to lunch and I didn't say anything, but my mom, who is also very energetically sensitive. And she, at that point, while still is a born again, Christian after the lunch, when they were out getting the cars and we were sitting there waiting, she turned to me and she said, you have to go and find your father in past lives. And I was like, okay, the born again Christian is telling me to go look at past lives. But she knew and I knew and I'd been avoiding it because I had done by that point a year of past life regression therapy and just uncovering and healing so many things that I needed to deal with again for my own trauma body, my own pain body. And I was like, oh, I know. And I I had hoped I didn't have to go there, but Again, something you may hear me say often is that the body is the messenger of the subconscious because the body is directly connected to the soul. So this was a very clear message, enough messing around, enough avoidance, you go find your father in a past life. So I did. 
Well, I saw three past lives that him and I in succession, boom, 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 spanning millennia. And what I saw was that we had taken turns lifetime after lifetime, whoever was the powerful person used their power to absolutely smash and destroy the other person. And so our sole agreement for this lifetime was to incarnate in such close proximity that he was either going to kill me or we were going to heal this. It was like, we have to heal this. As souls, we were like, this has gone on too long. We must heal this. And this was our plan that we figured would work to do it. So, and interestingly, you know, what set me on the whole healing journey, diving into the mind, body, spirit piece was I too had grown up in the Christian church by choice and accepted Jesus as my savior and had a very direct line of communication to God, very real. And I got to, you know, around just, well, the beginning of my 16th year. And God said to me, you cannot go any deeper in your relationship with me until you forgive your father. And my relationship with God was the most important thing in my life. So that was the motivation that I needed. So I was like, oh, fine. But I hated him. I hated him with an otherworldly hatred that I have never felt before or since for any other, anything. And it was, and I tried and I tried and I tried. And, and I mean, that's a different story, but it eventually healed by me coming before God and saying, I've done every single thing I can think of. It's been two years and I cannot forgive him. You're going to have to do it for me. And I woke up the next morning and the hatred was gone. And I was like, are you joking me? That's all I had to do was ask God to take it from me. <laughs> and maybe yes, or maybe no, maybe me trying doing hours and hours of prayer and meditation and healing and therapy sessions, maybe that was all necessary to get to the point where, you know, the divine was like, okay, you've done the work, we can remove this from you. Um, so that was our soul agreement. And then when I looked at my mother, that took me another few years. And then I went, wait a minute. While my dad was beating the crap out of us, where, what the hell was our, my mother doing? Why did she allow that? Why didn't she step in? Why didn't she get us away from him? And so I had also had those conversations with my mother and she had said, rightly so. She, she said, I was so weak and I was so screwed up myself that if I, first of all, if I had left your father when we lived in Kenya, I would never have gotten the children because his family would have kept you. So I would have lost you anyway. And she said, and then even later when we were in Canada, I knew that if I left him, I would not be able to support us. And I would wind up with some other guy who was just as bad because I was too dysfunctional. I was like, fair enough. You did your best you could in the situation. But let me tell you the deeper truth. When I look at the soul agreement between my mother and me, her soul agreement with me, again, to facilitate the healing, which is the reason we incarnated in this family dynamic with this wounding and trauma happening. Her soul agreement with me was that she would not interfere unless it was life or death because she, my father and I had to heal this 
end of. It had to happen in this lifetime. That was our soul's agreement and purpose. And she stayed true to that. There were two occasions where he would have killed me, but she pulled him off me. Because don't forget, he's got all these past lives running in his energy field and his soul as well. So I'm not this little kid. I am the person who destroyed his life and left him torn and bleeding on the ground. Like that all comes in and that took over when he was beaten on me. So there were twice, there were two occasions where he lost it. And and one of them, she said, she pulled him off me and he looked at her and he was just like, oh my God, oh my God, I was going to kill her. I was going to kill her. And he wasn't conscious in that moment. He wasn't in control. That was his past life trauma actioning through his body in this incarnation. So I hope this is not too challenging for some of you. I know some of you are right with me. Um, You've already done a lot of your own work. You already understand um, all the metaphysics of life, (laughs) let alone illness. And then the other thing from my own story is when I healed these things within myself, and of course, this healing I had to do when I was an adult because children don't have access to, you know, therapists or, you know, that's a self-directed path that you have to walk. I did not, my father never attended a healing session. My father never came to therapy with me. It didn't matter because when one person heals, the other automatically shifts. So when you're looking at this with your child as well, if you think there's some kind of mirror thing happening or you think there's a soul agreement, again, focus on your own healing. Because if your child is mirroring, all you need to do is heal yourself and your child will automatically heal. Literally. And same thing with an animal. You have an animal that's sick or or having continual health issues, just work on yourself. Heal your trauma. Go to the points of pain. Go to the places where you are dysfunctional and sabotaging yourself. All of those points, anywhere you can look at your life and have something that you're not happy with, the cause And the origin point is within yourself. So that is, as a caregiver, that is the most powerful thing you can do that you can start right now, today. Um, And like I said, do your own work, do your own journaling, do your own meditation. And then I think for stuff that's this deep, and if you have a child with chronic illness, it's going to be deep. You have to get outside help. You have to get really skilled, compassionate healing facilitators who can help you out and hold space for you and lead you through, you know, hypnotherapy sessions or past life regressions or lead you through somatic experiencing. Um, Somatic experiencing is extremely powerful. I highly recommend it. Um, And then a tool that you can use for yourself, on yourself, for your child is my laser tapping program. And the reason I became certified as a tapping practitioner way back, oh my God, over 20 years ago now, was because it was such a powerful healing tool and I could do it the second something came up. Like if you just have a session with a a therapist once a week or you've got to wait a long time to get something dealt with. And for me, I had so much that needed healing 
that I wanted to be able to tap right there in the moment every day as it arose. And because I could get on it right away, I could heal it really quickly. I would often do my tapping sessions while I was driving in my car. So again, this is a very powerful self-healing tool that I have made available to all my people at a very reasonable price. So I hope that's helped you. I hope that's given you a framework to take a look at the dynamic in your unique family and in your unique one-on-one caregiver relationship with your child and understand that whatever is happening, for whatever reason, it exists for your and your child's healing and evolution. Please know that. Thank you for joining me.